Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Plenty to talk about today. Obviously, Arkansas just wrapped up a big prospect day visit weekend. We're going to get with Danny West to discuss some of that. Trajan Jeffcoat jumped on another defensive lineman for the Razorbacks. Dan Enos last week jumped on as Arkansas's offensive coordinator a little bit before Kendall Browse was announced as TCU's offensive coordinator. We're going to talk about that, get into some basketball discussion as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. And also available on YouTube. Throw us a subscribe there and uh, throw us a thumbs up also on both of those channels. And let other people know what to think about the show. Get in the comments or leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate all the reviews there. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com. Again, once again... Again, once again, thanks again for the five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. Really appreciate that. Everybody really answered the call on that. Where to start today? A lot of possibilities, but I think we'll start with Dan Enos. Dan Enos got his contract details last week. Uh, uh, Going to start out at $1.1 million with a $75,000 increase each of the next two years. Probably never get to those years. His annual salary is fifty thousand dollars, or excuse me, fifty thousand, five hundred thousand dollars. Razorback Foundation kicks in an extra six hundred thousand this year. That's what's called other compensation. Uh, there's all kinds of other team achievement and all those kinds of things. Those are all pretty standard across all assistant coaches. You get things like two thousand dollars Nike Elite allowance, seventy two hundred dollar car allowance uh, a year, which I guess is like six hundred dollars a month. Club memberships, all those kinds of perks and stuff. Uh, it was an interesting way things came together. I can just tell you now that having talked to plenty of people on both sides of the argument, uh, you know, Kendall side and, and Arkansas side, basically, first of all, the Mississippi State thing was never happening. That was a leverage deal, basically 100%. Mississippi State's really interested, want to bring it, you know, offer a lot of money and stuff. And Arkansas wasn't really willing to budge that much. Budge a little, but not budge to the extent of where we're talking about like top 10 coordinator money, okay? The TCU thing came along and, you know, you've got – first of all, one side of it, you know, you're going to the well too often, right, for Arkansas's comfort level. Um, on the other side of it, Arkansas just not really willing to, to go up that much. Now they 
paid Barry Odom $1.85 million, which was top five coordinator money last year. Uh, but with Browse just not willing, and you've got you know Miami, Mississippi State, TCU, all these programs that are offering bigger money for him, and he wants to stay at Arkansas, but you know, you've got them offering significantly more money. And I understand from the standpoint of a coach because you're not going to make a million-plus dollars every year for the rest of your life. You've got a window where you've got to capitalize. And, you know, that's kind of the thing there. Uh, I know the Browses love Arkansas. I know they were really devastated to have to, to leave, but also knew that they were going to leave. So, Dan Enos. Dan Eno, is that a grand slam hire? I don't know if I would say it's a grand slam hire. Is it a good hire? Yeah, I think it is. I think when Dan Enos has a good quarterback, then they put up some pretty pretty impressive statistics. In fact, most of the complaints I've seen from Razorback fans are, no offense, but to me, a little bit more uninformed Razorback fans. I remember his offense being born and stuff. Um, so just to give you a look at, at how things worked out for Dan Enos the first year when he was at Arkansas. Arkansas put up 2,565 rushing yards, 3,486 passing yards. That's 6,051 total offensive yards, which is the second most in Arkansas history. It's only 222 total yards, 17.1 yards per game, behind the 2010 record of 6,273 yards. That was obviously one of the Bobby Petrino years. Brandon Allen in 2015 produced the most efficient passing season in program history. Easily leading the SEC with a 166.5 rating, which was higher than Chad Kelly at 155.86. Allen completed completed 244 of 370 pass attempts at 65.9% for 3,440 yards, 30 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. And against Mississippi State that season, he completed 30 of 43 passes, 69.8% for 406 yards and a school record, seven touchdowns without a single interception. Arkansas lost that game on a field goal, missed field goal. Cole Hedlund. And, uh, you know, it wasn't all like sunshine and rainbows. We all remember the Toledo game that year. You know, Arkansas put up a ridiculous number of yards, but and they kept getting in the red zone. They couldn't punch it in. Alex Collins ran for 1,577 yards and a school record 20 touchdowns. That yardage totals the most in school history by someone not named Darren McFadden. Had five rushing touchdowns against UT Martin, second place all time. So some other standouts that year in 2015. You had Hunter Henry, who won the Mackey Award, the nation's top tight end, 51 receptions, 739 yards, three touchdowns. Jeremy Sprinkle also caught six touchdowns that year. Drew Morgan came out of nowhere. If you remember, Keon Hatcher got hurt. He got hurt in that uh, in that game against Toledo. And so for the rest of the year, it was Drew Morgan as the go-to guy. 63 receptions, 843 yards, and 10 receiving touchdowns, which led the SEC during the regular season. Now, the difference to me in what Enos had at Arkansas, both teams had good quarterbacks. They had Ryan Mallett. They had Tyler Wilson. Brandon Allen had his, – his top targets were obviously you had Hunter Henry, Sprinkle, Drew Morgan. You had Keon Hatcher the next year. Obviously, Brandon Allen wasn't a part of that team. But those are his targets that year. You look at that 2000 – I'm not like saying Danny is a better coordinator than Petrino was, but I'm just saying when you look at the weapons that Arkansas had with Mallett and Tyler Wilson, you had um, Joe Adams, Jarius Wright, Greg Childs, um, 
who else am I missing? Kobe Hamilton. Uh, DJ Williams was on that 2010 team. Uh, Chris Gragg. Pretty impressive group of, of targets. And, you, you know, you also had Nile Davis in the backfield. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like the 2010-2011 teams had a little bit more as far as firepower on offense. Um, but, obviously, you know, 2010-2011 were back-to-back stronger years than Arkansas put together. 2016 was a pretty good year. Austin Allen had 3,400. 3,430 yards, 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, a 146 efficiency rating in his first year starting. Raleigh Williams had 1,360 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. so the fifth highest total in program history. Um, Morgan and Hatcher both went over 700 yards. You had Jared Cornelius going over 500 yards that year. And Arkansas went 8-5 uh, and five in 2015. They went 7-6 and six the next year. Should have won – that 2015 season, Arkansas should have won 10 games. The next year, they should have won nine games. They blew the lead at Missouri. They blew the lead against Virginia Tech in the bowl game. And then we get to 2017, and maybe Brett Bielema might have survived that year based on a 10-win season and a 9-win season. When you consider Austin Allen was hurt, Raleigh Williams was injured in the spring and injured for his career. You ended up having Cole Kelly uh, – taking the majority of snaps. David Williams and Devois Whaley were the running backs. Jonathan Nance was your leading receiver who just eclipsed 500 yards. So I've got a long breakdown of every single stop he's been at since he came to Arkansas in 2015. 2018, Alabama quarterback coach. 2019, Miami offensive coordinator. 2020, Cincinnati running backs coach. 2021, Maryland OC. 22, 22 Maryland OC, and breaking down all the numbers, all the stats that they've done. Guys coached some pretty impressive quarterbacks. Just at this time since Arkansas, uh, NFL quarterbacks Brandon Allen, Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones. Who else? I think that's – I don't know, that's everybody. Uh, is it Talia? Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Talia Tungavailoa. Uh has a chance, obviously, to go to the NFL. So that's the the Dan Enos file. Long breakdown on hogsports.com if you want to check out more of that. We'll get to Danny to talk a little bit, but uh, Trajan Jeffcoat has committed to Arkansas. He's got uh, a pretty interesting career uh, at Missouri, started a lot of games for them, had six sacks in 2020, the shortened SEC-only year, uh, and was all-SEC performer. Uh, three and a half the next year when a lot of people thought he might turn pro. Uh, last year, obviously you guys remember that Missouri defensive line was pretty stout. So this guy was a part of that. Looked like he was going to go to Columbia, South Carolina. Now as a recruit, he was 6'3", 220. He's back, listed at like 6'4", 270 now. Um, I've just seen video of him lined up on the edge, but it seems like a guy that size could go inside, outside for you a little bit. Uh, but it looked like he's from Columbia, South Carolina. It looked like he was set to go to South Carolina, and some things got hung up. South Carolina fans aren't happy about it and visited Arkansas over the weekend and committed. So remaining transfer portal needs now. You guys want to look at this real quick? think they're fine at quarterback because Cade Fortin is still there. Now, they may need to add two next year. And we'll talk to Danny about Walker White coming in, top 100 quarterback prospect in the next class. Talk about Mike Hawkins a little bit, what he's thinking, because felt like he was leaning strong to Arkansas. 
I think Arkansas is fine at running back. I think they could use one more wide receiver to get it 10 tight end. One more just because I feel like they need a little bit more experience. The depth is there. Offensive line, one more because they're at 14. You need to be at at least 15 offensive linemen. Defensive tackle, I think they need two more defensive tackles. One more defensive tackle maybe. I think if you move Eric Gregory, then you just need one more. Move Eric Gregory over, you need one more defensive tackle, which I think makes a lot of sense. So that would give you six. Seven would give you three deep plus one. So move Eric Gregory over there. And then that gets you down to eight defensive ends because you're bringing Jeffcoat in now. So even if you move Gregory, you're still at eight, which is one more than, you know, than you would actually need. Linebacker, add one more veteran linebacker. Cornerback, add one cornerback, get you to 10. Safety, I've got him at six safeties. Let's say add three safeties. That four seems unrealistic to add in the transfer portal at one spot. But at the same time, you've got 10 spots. I've got him at 75 scholarship players right now after Jeff Coat. So you've got 10 spots. So, I mean, where are you going to use them all? Good at special teams. They don't need to add anybody there. I mean, unless you wanted to – I mean, unless you're disappointed with the punting and you said they need to add a new punter. But from a number standpoint, they're good. I think Max Fletcher is going to be okay. I think he just needs more experience. Guys coming over from Australia, I think a little more experience because he got the leg, a little more experience. And hopefully he'll be a much better punter for him. But, yeah, the big need that I see for them moving forward is defensive line. Um, I think they could add one more defensive tackle and – one more offensive line, but really safety. Because And the reason I say safety is because you usually draw from that position to have a nickel. Arkansas is going to be more 4-2-5, uh, so that nickel spot needs some bodies. I've got a projected depth chart. You can read that at hogsports.com. It was updated this morning. Arkansas basketball has a rematch with LSU coming up in Fayetteville. That's at 6 o'clock. So another early game, early midweek game. A very important one, obviously. LSU has lost six in a row. So LSU beat Arkansas 60-57. Arkansas never should have lost that game in Baton Rouge. And then since then, they have lost to Kentucky, Texas A&M, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and now they have Arkansas, excuse me. Um, yep, in Bud Walton Arena on ESPN2, 6 o'clock Central Time. Arkansas, LSU also started off 12-1. and Now they're 12-7. and So it's been a rough patch for them. Obviously, they replaced their entire team. <laughs> they don't have anybody back from last year. Arkansas, after that LSU game, they beat Missouri in Bud Walton Arena, 74-68, and then lost consecutive games at Auburn against Alabama, at Vanderbilt, at Missouri. And now uh, they beat Ole Miss uh, over the weekend, 11 o'clock game um, on the 21st, 67-57. And now they get LSU in Bud Walton Arena. And after that, it's the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge against Baylor at Baylor in Waco, 3 o'clock Saturday. There's an opportunity. I mean, that's going to be a tough one, but there's an opportunity for a little streak here in SEC play. When will Nick Smith come back? He's practicing. 
He's back on campus. February? I've heard February. They try to sprinkle him in some minutes somewhere. They really need him back. I mean, that could change a lot of things for this team. Obviously, they're they're struggling in a lot of areas right now. Bracketology hasn't given up on him. Joe Lenardi has Arkansas as a seven seed facing Maryland. 7-10 game. So, I'm not 100% sure without Nick Smith that they're an NCAA tournament team. Not right now. They got some work to do. Good news for Peyton Hillis. Discharged from ha- hospital after uh, the near drowning incident. Um, after reportedly rescuing his children from drowning. It's been a big national story. So good to see Peyton Hillis returning home. Former Razorback. Former Madden cover boy. This one's interesting. I mean... I haven't seen the details updated on this, but Ra-Ra Thomas, the Mississippi State wide receiver who transferred to Georgia, was arrested on felony charge of false imprisonment. 4.04 a.m. Monday. Athens, Clark County. So that's in Georgia. Um, yeah, he's been on Georgia campus since December. That's not good. A felony charge of false imprisonment and misdemeanor charge of family violence, according to the athletic report. I guess more details will come out about that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, I think it's time to head over to Danny. I've gone a little bit long. We're going to talk about Jeff Code a little bit. We'll talk about the recruiting weekend also. For those of you who don't follow Danny West, you can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. And he's been with us for a number of years, as I always say. Does a fantastic job. Filling us in on Razorback Recruiting, you will need a VIP subscription to follow Danny West content. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? I'm good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, it was a nice weekend for you. A little, little mm-hmm. prospect day. The weather didn't really cooperate very well with uh, with yeah. rain and stuff, but uh, had some good prospects in town. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. Uh, one of the, the better ones that I've seen in a long time, to be honest. Um, Walker White, obviously. I can run through some of these names. Yep. But Walker and, and Braylon Russell, obviously, both came back this weekend. Courtney Crutchfield, a big-time uh, emerging wide receiver out of Pine Bluff. 
lot of in-state talent. C.J. Brown, uh, both he and, and, and Courtney picked up new offers for that 2024 class. So, hey, I got to tell you, man, that 24 cycle is uh, probably a little bit better than I expected. Several of those guys were, were back on hand this weekend. Uh, Jaquan McCroy, big-time four-star offensive lineman out of Alabama. You had Jay Sean Ross made the trip from Liberty Missouri North High School. He's a defensive end. Big-time kids every everywhere you look this weekend. So you top that all off with uh, a transfer commitment yesterday, kind of out of the blue. Uh, I think it was one that they've tried to keep secret for a while. Uh, Trajan Jeffcoat, I'm sure you've already talked about, Trey. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a need there. You lost Dominic. You pick up John Morgan. He's probably more of an outside linebacker type. So to get a, a former All-SEC Defensive lineman is always good. 48 career games, I think 19 tackles for loss, 11 sacks for his career. And it feels a big need for you. So overall, just to try to sum it up here, I thought it was a really, really good weekend and uh, probably one that they've kind of circled for a while. This final weekend coming up should be pretty good too. Going to have some more kids on campus and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But yeah, it's been busy, mm-hmm. but starting to uh, starting to wind down. It feels like a little bit with the February dead period quickly approaching here. Yeah, I, I guess the last day is the 29th, and then the dead period starts. Yeah. Okay, and um, and National Signing Day is the first, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking one. for Shamar Easter on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's already gone ahead and, and made it made it public that there's no more drama he's going to be a Razorback and will sign on February 1st could pick up a couple in-state commitments maybe that day maybe for maybe for 23 maybe for 24 we'll see but I think it uh, they're gonna they will probably try to get some momentum on that day you know with uh, 98% of the the class already signed course you got some pwo types out there that could make a little wave for mm-hmm. you and uh, we'll see if they can get something started for 2024 i know they're they're trying like heck i i guess nothing has materialized on the harris twins yeah you know what i, I kind of kind of thought this past weekend might be the one but it makes sense you know from a number standpoint both of them kind of in between uh from you know in terms of size kind of hybrid mm-hmm. Uh, tweener types if you want to call them that but still not giving up hope just yet I mean there is one final visit weekend coming up so we'll see but I sure thought they would have already been here by mm-hmm. now if they were if they were coming so, it feels a lot like yeah, Maryland I guess there yeah, yeah yeah it does but which is surprising too you know they had the option to, I think both of them had the option to sign early and, and roll in January at Maryland mm-hmm. so the fact that they pushed it back kind of gave me a little bit of hope yeah. for Arkansas but you know, with the coaching change, uh, just not sure it's going to materialize after, uh, you know, the last couple of weekends have come and gone. Danny West joining us again. You can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. And uh, you need a VIP subscription at hogsports.com to follow most of his content. There's never a bad time to sign up at Hogsports, and it's just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year at hawgsports.com. Danny, I want to talk to you a little bit about Walker White because mm-hmm. this was uh, an in-state quarterback, uh, Central Arkansas Christian. Little, what, what, Central Arkansas Christian. Um, no, no, he's at uh, Little Rock. Christian Academy. Little Rock, yeah, Christian, Little Rock yeah, Christian Academy. Little Rock Christian Academy. I always get those confused. Little Rock Christian Academy. Too. Apologize. Um, so, Walker – the White Walker, as I like to call him. White Walker. Number 92 ranked prospect in the country out of Arkansas and pretty much 
had Arkansas removed from his list. Um, yeah. Not that he didn't like Kendall Browse, it's just – or Arkansas, obviously. He comes from a big Arkansas mm-hmm. family from, all the way to his grandfather, uh, former player at Arkansas. But the system wasn't a good fit for him. And so he was exploring yeah. a lot of options elsewhere. And that's one thing about Enos's offense that's a little bit different where he tapers – he's able to taper it more – to the skill set of the quarterback, whereas with Kendall's, you really need, ideally, a guy with some wheels. Not that Walker doesn't, but a guy that's, you know, pretty equal run pass type of guy. And so I I feel like this is – obviously, he ends up taking the visit this weekend. Michael Hawkins canceled his visit and pushed back his commitment date, which kind of makes me think, man, this guy might have been close to committing to Arkansas – um, yeah. So, what what is the situation now at quarterback? Yeah, I think the the momentum is definitely swinging towards Walker. You know, as soon as he told me last Thursday, Dan Enos hadn't even been announced by the university yet. Now, every, you know, it was public knowledge that he's going to get take the job. I think mm. last Wednesday night. But uh, yeah, I woke up Thursday morning and, and Walker said Enos is already on his way to. Christian High School, of course, he couldn't make any in, uh, in-person contact with Walker. He's a junior, so uh, obviously couldn't do that. But, you know, just the fact that he was kind of making a statement there, I think we, you felt it shift right then, you know. And, uh, and I think it's going to be really difficult. Enos is going to make it really difficult for him to walk away now. So mm-hmm. there has been a lot of changes. I, I'm with you on uh, Michael Hawkins. I feel like he was going to be a Razorback, so that's a – you know, uh, it's a completely different conversation there. But, man, it's just tough if you're Arkansas to let a top 100 quarterback get out of the state. So mm. um, uh, to answer your question, I think the, the momentum has completely shifted. I can't speak for Walker, but I think he's feeling it too. Mm. I really do. I think they're doing a good job so far. And it's, uh, you know, the bad news is, if you want to call it bad news, because, shoot, there's there's plenty of time left for this guy, right? He's a junior. But, you know, with the February dead period, you'd like another quick turnaround type visit. Um, I would imagine they'll get him here early in March and uh, and pick up where they kind of left off this weekend. But so far, so good. He said they sat down and, and went over the offense with him and, and kind of their idea for what they're looking for in a quarterback. And, you know, it's a completely different landscape now. I mean, you switch coordinators, they're going to have completely different views on what they're looking for, as you yeah. mentioned there. And, and this guy – Man, he's no slouch either in terms of running. I, I get what you're saying yeah. in terms of, you know. But, I mean, he's 36-inch vertical. He ran a 4.5 at one point, 6.3, yeah. 2.15. He's, he's a load now. He's just got such a good arm. We just think yeah. arm first. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's a tight man. You know, they call Danny knows the, the quarterback whisperer. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of people can claim that title, I guess, as a quarterback's coach. But uh, Walker, to me, is the type that you get him with the right guy in college – fix up you know some of that uh, accuracy issue that he has had everything else is there man Mm -hmm. i think he's got potential through the roof and obviously you know the family is as well as i do probably better but just uh, he's almost perfect man he's almost the perfect prospect i I don't really think highly of it um yeah i he's got a lot of potential no question about it and i I want to bring your attention to another guy because Braylon Russell is another four-star inside the state that was committed to Arkansas and decommitted. And you've kind of mentioned that you feel like a little bit of a refresher going on Mm -hmm. with – you don't want to lose four-star prospects in your own state. And you don't see a lot of guys decommit and then recommit. 
you know. So, but maybe you know, this this will change some things with a new coordinator. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, you know, it just feels like a reset button, and sometimes that's necessary. You know, I get it. It's hard to argue with what KB did here statistically. Now, I can argue all day about sending in a tight end to, you know, down on the five-yard line or yeah. whatever, but that type of stuff. But in terms of overall numbers, it's hard to hard to go against, you know, his resume. But, you know, I just go back to the state of Arkansas. It's just really tough when you've got a crew like that. Man, to lose two, three, four of them, because there's no guarantee on guys like Charlie Collins. I think they're in a pretty good spot there, but T.J. Lindsey, Obviously, he went to Texas A&M over the weekend. I forget where he's t- – he told me he's coming this uh, this next weekend where he's going, but it's not Arkansas. So, you know, you've probably got some, some ground to make up on at least TJ. And then, man, if you were to lose three out of the four of those or something, just from a perception standpoint, I think it says, you know, quite a bit. So I like the move. I think they needed a reset button, and I think both of those guys, speaking about the the offensive guys, Walker and uh, Braylon, I think they're open to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They both got a million offers out there. It's going to be tough to get either one of them, with uh, regardless of who your coordinator is. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to fight for them. But I do think uh, this was a timely. Uh, you know, reset here that that Arkansas needed, and probably the kids needed too. To be honest, mm-hmm. Danny, when you bring in a big time quarterback, it's always fun to bring in a big time wide receiver. And they had, I'm not sure who all they had. I'm just talking about Zion Kearney. Is that how you say mm-hmm. Kearney? 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 Six three one ninety five, the number sixty five ranked overall prospect in the nation on twenty four seven sports in the class of twenty twenty four. Any update on his visit? Yeah, we had a story on him this morning. He spoke highly of Coach Guyton, you know, and uh, said uh, Guyton and, and the prospect's mom really hit it off. So that's always good to hear, right? Yeah. Anytime you get the mama on your side. But, man, I don't think we give Guyton enough credit, and that's, that's partly my fault. You know, I'm, a, I'm probably in a position to, to write him about him quite a bit more than I have. But, man, I was just looking at it last night. It's been one four-star after another with Kenny Guyton. You know what? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying he's going to get this kid. This kid's Missouri City, Texas, Hightower High School. It's going to be tough to pull him out of there. But at the same time, Kenny Guyton's got something going right now. When you think about the, the signees he's pulling out of the high school ranks and then the transfers he's been able to attract. Now, I'm not saying he's the sole reason that all these guys are coming. There's staff effort. There's, you know, the offense. KB had a thing going with with wide outs, but man, it's, they're not coming if they don't like him, you know, if yeah. they don't want to play for the position coach, they're not coming. So he's clearly pushing all the right buttons here lately. And uh, it seemed like he, he really hit it off with Zion and, and several others, you know, I talked about the in-state guys picking up those offers, no surprise there, but uh, good to see Pine Bluff high school produce one Courtney Crutchfield. I think you're going to really like him. Oklahoma yeah. recently offered, Got C.J. Brown up here at Bentonville. They, man, the, the 2024 class is is pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, well, jumping ahead to 2025, a guy I wanted to ask you about. Um, and Arkansas actually offered him like seven months ago, but uh, Quentin Murphy uh, out of sure. Joe T. Robinson, who has Arkansas, Alabama, Colorado is already in there. You see Colorado now. You kind of perk up. Yeah, um, oh yeah. I've been writing that name. <laughs> Go ahead with your question. But, yeah. Uh, but he, he visited also. And uh, what what are your thoughts on him? Like, what what position do you see him at? He plays QB at, at Joe T. But what do you yeah. what do you see his future at? 
man, I think he could move to wide out, but there's a lot of people that want him at quarterback and mm-hmm. want him to stay there. He's another guy that, you know, you clean up a few things, he could probably make it. But, yeah, I'm with you on that Colorado offer, man. It seems like, you know, anytime you're listing a prospect's offers, sometimes you'd leave a few schools out. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to dress it up a little bit. I mean, you you would put – I don't know, Oregon above Colorado, no doubt. So I would always include that. But now it seems like, yeah, I got to throw Colorado in there simply because of prime. So, yeah, yeah a solid note on your part. But, yeah, Quentin was back this week. Uh, he came came up last spring. Uh, he may have come to a game or two this fall. I, I'm sorry, I don't quite remember. But he's been here quite a bit. And uh, I think they're in a pretty good start, you know, starting spot with him. You had Garrett Odom here, you know, yeah. as I sit here at Shiloh Christian right now looking around. Garrett Odom, 2025 quarterback from right here. Uh, Grayson Wilson, another 25 quarterback from CAC. So that may have been the one you were thinking about earlier, but that's three really good in-state yeah. quarterbacks. Now, we'll see what happens with Garrett. You know, obviously with Coach Odom moving on, I would I would imagine he, he probably moves too, but mm-hmm. – um, you know, he's definitely got plenty of connections here, too. So that, that 25 quarterback class is, is shaping up, too. Man, it's and hard, it's hard to throw keep... in Go ahead. Dylan Arkansas. Dylan Arkansas came to campus, campus this week. You remember yeah. uh, DJ Arkansas yeah. a couple years ago. So he's his younger brother. Didn't work out for DJ, but I, uh, I think uh, – think daddy arkansas i talked to him the other day and it, it seems like he really wants one of these guys on <laughs> in a razorback uniform so it's, yeah. it's almost too good to be true we'll see but dylan's blowing up the would, linebacker out of uh, denton ryan i would love to see that you know it, it's Me hard too. it's hard to keep up with all these the schools in little rock obviously there's a lot more schools in little rock <laughs> than anywhere else but like you know with uh, um with the white brothers jd went to uh pa uca but yeah, but he, in high school he went to PA, right? Oh sure, yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. And then his brother goes to Little Rock uh, Christian. Yeah. My yeah. my my niece and nephew, one of them went to Central, and the other one went to Catholic. Yeah, that'd be tough. Like, and they're just a couple years apart. <laughs> I just uh-huh. I don't understand what's going on with the school system down there. Yeah, it seems like know. you always go to the same school as your brother or sister unless you move. But uh, that's right. Yeah. A lot different now. But yeah, another uh, couple of quarterback notes here. We I could talk all day about these in-state guys, but I'd be remiss to not mention Kane Archer. Yeah, who's back up here this weekend as well as his brother, 20, uh, 20, 25 linebacker out of Greenwood, Cash Archer. Mm-hmm. Is uh, you know, he's he's starting to pick up a little momentum as well. But Kane, obviously, uh, kind of a phenom. You know, twenty twenty-six. That makes him only a freshman and. Uh, you know, already got several offers. So I think Arkansas is in a good spot there. You know, with the coaching change, it's almost like I kind of have to give it time again to see exactly where these guys not only stand with Arkansas, but, you know, kind of vice versa too. What do they think about the new coach and, and how things are going? So that, that part of it takes time to figure out. But I think all those guys I've mentioned there, they're in a pretty good spot with. And obviously all eyes are going to be on Walker at this point because he's he's next one up. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems like this weekend was really a hit. I think it, they made it a manageable number. Now, it was a good good size crowd that showed up, but, you know, you, you almost don't want them too big. For don't these, want them too know, big, yeah. no. Yeah, this is your chance to finally get them one-on-one. It's, it's much different than a game day 
uh, you know, visit where you come up here and coaches are spread out. I don't know if you know that, Trey. They're a little bit busy on game days yeah. and they can't really spend hours and hours talking to kids and breaking down film and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, yeah, these uh, prospect days are really key. And uh, I got one more, as I mentioned there, uh, coming up this weekend before it goes dead again. It probably won't be as big as this last one, but uh, we're already compiling some names there. It should be a pretty good one. All right, Danny. Anything else to add? All right, buddy. I think you did it. That's it. I I think that covers it. All right, buddy. We'll see you. All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, you can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. You do need a Hogsport subscription, VIP subscription, uh, to to read Danny's content. I think we've covered just about everything. I thought I might go to a few questions today. Before we get to those one more time, Sign up at Hog Sports if you haven't done so already. H-A-W-G-Sports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, it's just $1 right now for your first month. If you just want to check it out, you told, your buddies have told you, hey, you can get this information free elsewhere, and it's not true. Everybody that signs up realizes that. That's why we have one of the largest subscription sites in the network uh, at Hog Sports. But just try us out for a month if you're skeptical. $1. All right, let's see what we got here. Steve Culver says, need to get some more linebackers. Angel Morgan says, I think Arkansas has been labeled the mystery football team of 2023. Even from experts, really don't know what will come together. I don't blame the experts for giving Arkansas a hard time and feeling like everything's falling apart. I mean, they've had, what, like 25 guys transfer out. That's a lot. It's a lot of changeover. Offensive coordinator gone, defensive coordinator gone. Schedule's kind of tricky looking. Angel says, the only thing I don't like about Enos was play-action pass, quarterback under the center snap. To be honest with you, perfectly honest, the obviously the Chad Morris type offense, but you know Chad Morris, Kendall Browse, that hurry-up, no-huddle spread stuff, it works in this day and age of college football just because the rules are. I much more prefer a power spread type of offense like Bobby Petrino ran where they did line up under center, but they were also in shotgun – um, a good bit of the time. Enos has evolved with the times, just like Petrino has. Petrino doesn't run the same offense that he ran at Arkansas now. Uh, he's evolved with the times, and Enos has too. You'll see plenty of RPO and those things. So I personally don't like the direction of college football where the whole thing is based around hurry up and get to the line and snap the ball before they can get ready. I would much prefer – you line up, they line up, and let's let's play football more like the NFL. Though the NFL has adapted plenty of things uh, from the college game also, which is interesting because it used to go from the top down, and with the spread, hurry-up type of system, it went from the bottom up, from high school ranks to, to college to pros. I do think that you can adapt this offense a little bit more. And, that, you know, Petrino did that too. He was able to adapt the offense. Tyler Wilson didn't run the same type of offense as Ryan Mallett did. Lamar Jackson certainly didn't run the same type of offense as either, either, either of those guys at, Missouri, or excuse me, at Louisville when he won the Heisman.
Cody James says, I heard Enos brought Walker White up to the basketball game Saturday. Think we can get him to sign. Browse didn't seem like he was interested in bringing him on. They were interested. They just – I think they preferred Michael Hawkins just because of the type of offense that they were running. A little more shifty, faster. Although, again, Walker White is plenty athletic. That whole family is. Walker's – Walker's grandfather was John Reese, who played wide receiver at Arkansas in the 60s. I think maybe the 69 team, I think. Jonathan Parker says, what's my way too early starting offensive line? Well, I'm going to go with the returning guys. Limmer moving into center, Latham at left guard. And then from there... Joshua Braun, I mean, you bring in a transfer guy, you'd expect him to start. So I'll say Joshua Braun at right guard, Takiist at right tackle, left tackle. Andrew Chambly. Maybe I'll go with that. Devon Manuel, maybe one of those guys also, right or left tackle. I think Takias starts somewhere. I personally think Takias is better suited inside for guard, but I think he'll start somewhere. Whether if it's you know it's just about getting the best five out there. Do I think McAdoo stays at cornerback or wide receiver? I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense to stay at cornerback because I've said before. You know, they brought in a lot of talent at wide receiver. If you're not going to start at wide receiver, it doesn't make a lot of sense to move you from a starting spot at cornerback to be a backup. Now, I'm not saying he can't overtake and start at wide receiver. I think he's got a lot of talent. I saw him in the fall camp last year and really, really liked him uh, at wide receiver. But I think it may, it certainly is would be better for the team, I think, if he's at, is at cornerback. Landon Montgomery says, Trey, I'm hearing all these stats – What's happening? Why are they doing that? Trey, I'm hearing all these stats about Enos's offense, but I was not excited about his stint at Arkansas. Is my memory skewed? I mean, it changed, obviously. 2015 was a really strong year and got stronger and stronger as the year went on. Um, but it was a really strong year statistically. Now, they should have won a couple of games. They blew some leads in a couple of those games uh, late in the year. Otherwise – no, 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 excuse me. I'm thinking of the wrong year. That's two thousand that's the next year. And the other year they lost to they lost to Mississippi State. They should have won that game at home. They missed that field goal at the end of the game. Um I don't think I would put that on Enos. Brandon Allen threw for seven touchdowns, no interceptions that year in that game. Um they lost the Toledo game. They should have won ten games that year. Now, they also got away with some things. They had the Hunter Heave that year also. <laughs> so, you know. You can throw that in there as well. The next year, they lost the Virginia Tech game and the game against uh, uh, Missouri. They shouldn't have lost either of those games. They had commanding leads. I think they led by 24 against um, Virginia Tech and 17 against Missouri. So that year, they should have won nine games. The next year, I think, is more excusable if Arkansas hadn't have collapsed the way they did the previous year, the last two games of the previous year. And they didn't play very well against Auburn that year also. And 
had they won 10 games before. So if Arkansas wins 10 games in 2015 like they should have, if they win nine games in 2016, then the falling apart that happened the next year as a result largely of losing Austin Allen for a good chunk of the season, not having an experienced quarterback, not having your starter, losing Raleigh Williams in the spring, just having things like that happen, I think that maybe they would have survived that year and made it on to the next year. But there were plenty of other reasons. I think Brett was really feeling a lot of pressure that year. A lot of pressure. You could see it on his face. Cody L. James says, Curtis going live today. Are you going to wait till later in the week? So he typically does the show um, the day after the game. So the game's on Tuesday. So I would expect him to do it Wednesday unless he does a stand-up after the game. But I would expect him to do a studio show Wednesday. Most negative things of that era were because of Bielman and whoever we had as D.C. Catholic is an all-male school. I know that. It's my niece and nephew. But she could have gone to Mount. That would have been the equivalent of Catholic. If you, get, you know, Usually if you have a son and daughter and your son goes to Catholic, then your daughter goes to Mount. Or vice versa. Joey Burns says, do you think... What I'm basically saying is like, you know, he didn't go to Central. He went to a different school than my niece. Do you think there's a real possibility that this Arkansas team does not even make it to the NCAA tournament? I think, well, if they get Nick Smith back healthy, then they're going to make the tournament. If they don't, then, yeah, I think there's a possibility that they don't. I mean, and if that happens, then I'm still on must – bandwagon <laughs> he's earned it I, you know I, you can be frustrated and stuff I just see a lot of really negative posts about the basketball team and uh you know it's a it's a what did you do for me world and it has been for a long time but I don't know he's earned some grace with me Doyle Bulger says any word on the twins from Florida we addressed that no word yet maybe they get them in next Weekend, that would be the last opportunity. Otherwise, I think they'll probably sign with Maryland. Okay, everybody. I want to thank everybody for chop, jumping in and asking questions. Thanks to Danny West for joining us also. And uh, leave us that review. Leave us a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up if you haven't done so already. And check out Curtis Wilkerson's Hog Hoops Live if you haven't done so already. Hog Hoops Live streams on the same YouTube page. It is available the same place you get this podcast. And uh, it is available on a different YouTube channel. So you'll have to search for Hog Hoops Live or Curtis Wilkerson, and you can find him. Does a great show. Very similar to this setup, just more basketball drone. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.